What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Eclectic Athlete Radio. It's your host, Jules DeMay. And in today's episode, we had two guests on, Aaron Potoshnik and Joseph Sarkos, who are both assistant strength conditioning coaches at San Jose State University, where I attend grad school. Um, I just finished my first year at grad school, took a little bit of time off to unwind, but we're back at it, creating more content, putting out more episodes. And this was a great conversation. It was lighthearted. It was funny, but still very informative for both athletes and strength conditioning coaches. So hope all of you take a lot away. Enjoy. How you doing, my sir? My good sir? Good, Julius Magulius. How are you doing, bud? Good, good. Uh, give me a second. I'm trying to connect my headphones. Oh, fancy now. <laughs> and we lost show. We lost him. What's going on, dude? Who's that ass? Who's that asshole with a pool in the background? Dude, I don't know, man. You should definitely throw that guy in. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> are you are you guys at the same place right now? Yes. Okay, okay. What's up with you, I'm, man? You know, living the life. Living the life. Living, living the flipping dream. <laughs> How about you? Uh, I've actually been pretty good. You know, life's really not that much different from how it was before. I just don't <laughs> yeah. get a coach all the time. And then right. I don't go to work. <laughs> but you pretty much uh, brought the gym to your house. That's pretty dope. Yeah, I brought all that here, which is dope. <laughs> um, yeah, keeping that on the low. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that, now it's the- uh, being broadcasted to uh, Nationwide. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, like, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we brought the equipment here, and it's uh, it's been good. It's helped out a lot. Keep my sanity because if I if I didn't have it here, I'd be fucking pissed off. Yeah, I hear that. Except for Joe over there, curling like two pound weights. I can't hear you yet. Hold on. Oh Hold my on. Hold on. I'm got those fa- fancy ear pods, and you can't even get them to work. Fancy AirPods and a pool in the background. Just pretentious asshole. <laughs> you know what? I changed my mind. I'm getting off of this. <laughs> That's good. good. <laughs> All right. Y'all can hear me? Mike, check one, yeah. two. Ready to check, roll? Check, check, check. check, right. check What's up, y'all? It's check, your check. boy. <laughs> it's your boy. Hey, Joe, you said. Yeah, say the whole thing. Remember, you said you were going to do it. I don't remember all the names. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. AKA so, vegan daddy, aka. Oh, 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 whoa, 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 too fast. All right, guys. So, thanks for joining. First of all, um, why don't you guys start off with just introducing yourselves for people that don't know you? So, pretty much everyone. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Give a give a little background <laughs> about um, obviously what your position is now, but where you guys came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, start there. Go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> I lost you guys. Oh my goodness! Sorry, Aaron, you, you for a second. Do, do, do you hear anything I said? I heard all I heard was introduction. Okay, okay go. Basically, basically uh, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about where you were prior to this. Um, how you got started in your uh, strength journey? Okay. Uh, again, my name is Aaron Potoshnik, uh, lead assistant strength coach, San Jose State. Before here. 
I was at uh, Northwestern State University. Uh, I was the assistant director of strength and conditioning before. Um, previously, I was a GA there. Um, got hired on full time. Uh, kind of got thrown in the fire right away. I was only a GA maybe for eight months or so. Uh, head and the assistant both left, and I was kind of there running the program by myself as a GA, having football, having all the basketballs, all the high-demand sports during the summertime, soccer, volleyball, whatnot, just kind of run the show. And then uh, the new head guy came in, and then he ended up <clears throat> hiring me there. So I kind of got a lot of experience. It was really fast, kind of straight out the get-go, just learned how to coach a lot better and just kind of develop myself as a coach too. And previously before that, um, I interned at the University of Washington uh, on the Olympic side, uh, worked with all sports. Whenever there was a sport on the floor, I was working with them, all, all 22 teams, I believe. And then before that, um, I was doing my undergrad at, at Washington State University, um, where I interned in the strength and conditioning program there for two years. And I worked in the exercise uh, physiology lab as an intern there as well. Wow, that's pretty extensive. So... Uh, definitely been in the field for a while. And then what teams do you work with right now? Well, not right now, but <laughs> prior to this pandemic. Uh, the teams, I w- will still work with them, trying to get uh, as much information to them as we can and, and those take-home programs or just doing whatever they can on a voluntary basis. But I work with uh, football, uh, women's basketball, men's basketball, and uh, men's golf as well. Cool. All right, Joe. All right. Uh, my name is Joe Sarkos. I'm an assistant um, strength conditioning coach also at San Jose State. Um, just kind of working backwards. Um, I have been in this current position for about a year now, just, just over a year. Um, before that, I was a GA for about a year, just over a year. Um, before that, I was an intern all here at San Jose State. Um, so I started my internship May of 2017. So I've been uh, I've been here for about three years almost. Um, prior to that, I did a brief summer internship at Arkansas State, uh, summer of 2016. Immediately after I graduated undergrad. Um, before that, I did about a year of an internship um, at Sac State, where I graduated from, um, working with all kinds of teams. So right now I work with uh, football, assistant football, um, primary strength coach for baseball, uh, indoor and beach volleyball, uh, and swimming and diving. Uh, but I've worked with almost every sport here uh, in my three years that I've been here at San Jose State, um, aside from a couple here and there. But in some capacity, I've, I've worked with pretty much all of our 22 sports. Uh, when I was at Arkansas State, I worked with uh, football, uh, it was summer, so that was really the only sport around. And then um, we all kind of helped out as needed. So if the coach was like, "Hey, like I got this, I got volleyball coming in at six. Uh, I need some bodies. Can you guys help?" Like all of us helped. Uh, when I was at Sac State, um, I worked primarily with men's and women's soccer. Uh, so yeah, very diverse. Wait, you said you went to Sac State? Uh, oh, you got to get off, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to disrespect you in front of your listeners. Hey, Aggies, you know, man. We, we know. We just know, say. Fingers up. Fingers just up. say. You love, you love the Aggies. He's Davis. <laughs> you guys got ugly colors, dude. I'm not oh, gonna... oh, 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 What do you mean? They're pretty much the same color as the center of the state. So you're kind of just. Definitely not. Wow. Definitely not. <laughs> Way to go, man. Way to go. <laughs> uh, so. Obviously, you guys have had uh, a lot of experience um, in the field. What got, what made you guys go into strength conditioning? Like, what 
did you guys know as soon as you entered college as a high school student, you guys play sports? Like what, what motivated you guys to um, go on that strength and conditioning journey? Um, I figured it out about halfway through my undergrad. Originally, uh, I wanted to do physical therapy. Uh, my mother, she was a physical therapy assistant. I'd always played sports and, uh, I was like, okay, like this is something athletic. This is, this is what I want to do. And then I had always lifted weights. That was kind of my way of kind of just getting stressed out, whatnot. And I was always, I mean, I'm shorter than most people. So my, my thing was, I wanted to be stronger than them. I want to be faster than them. I want to be more powerful. Um, so I could be a better athlete. So I want to use my body in that way where I could be better than someone else. Cause I also wasn't that skilled as an athlete either, but I was always strong. I was always fast. So I wanted to enhance that. And so, uh, getting into undergrad, I was still taking all the prereqs for physical therapy and, and everything I needed. And then it started coming to time where I was interning in, uh, uh, doing inpatient, outpatient, and uh, PT clinics at the and at the hospital too. I did little internships during the summertime, working at Valley Medical. And not that it's a not that it's a bad thing. It's something that is very useful and helps a lot of people. But um, it was very very slow paced and whatnot. And I I kind of like the faster paced things, being very active, um, and being able to use my energy in that way and trying to help people. Um, in that way. So I, I found the strength initiating program at WSU and I was like, wow, like, this is, this is cool. I had some other friends doing it and I was like, okay, I want to try and, you know, do this. And then, the, I applied to the program that we actually had a strength initiating minor there. Um, so you'd actually take a curriculum for it and you would intern there, uh, during your time. Uh, so the last two years, uh, I fell, I fell into the program, fell in love with it, got tons of responsibilities, got to lead teams and, and warmups and write programs. And that was kind of my intro to it. Um, and then the head strength coach at the time, his name was uh, David Lang. He got me uh, thinking like, Hey, this, this is what you could do for a career. This is how you can actually earn a living and enjoy life. Um, and that's, that's basically how I fell into it. It was just kind of just out of dumb luck. And one of my friends was like, yeah, check this out. I feel like you'd be good at it. And I was like, wow, this is something I actually love. Um, and I enjoy coming to work and, and doing this every single day. My six isn't that short, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should give a disclaimer. So, like, Aaron and I live together, um, and we work together with each other all the time. So, you know, I got Ken's, uh, I'm going to make a lot of jokes on his uh, expense. <laughs> Jules knows. When Spare I know, me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, just... What was the question? Just why did why strength and conditioning? Like why did why yeah? Why strength and conditioning? Why not personal training? Why not physical therapy or anything else? Um, well, I feel like it's very common for uh, like when you ask people why, um, like hey, like I, I went I went into it wanted to be a physical therapist or athletic trainer. Um, initially, um, out of high school, uh, I was going to go into athletic training. Uh, I was actually uh, attending the University of Pacific. Uh, I was there for a semester. Kind of realized, like, yeah, like this really isn't for me as far as athletic training goes. Um, left, played. I played high, uh, high school football. I played football at the junior college level after I left Pacific. Um, and when I was done, I was like, hey, like I got all this like weight that I I try to gain to play football. I played offensive line, and anybody that knows anything about football, like you got to have some mass to you. 
Um, so I got up to like 250. I was about five, or I am about five ten, ten and a half on a really good day. Um, <laughs> but so I was about 250. And I was like, hey, I'm done playing. Like I don't need this extra weight anymore. So I like dove really hard into uh, just weight training, and you know I've always enjoyed it being a smaller guy. Uh, on the offensive line, like, you know, if you, like Aaron says, like, you want to try to give yourself any edge you can. Uh, so I always pr- uh, took a lot of pride in the fact that I was decently strong. Um, I mean, as kids, like, the number one thing you want to know is how much you bench. So, like, that's still kind of my strong suit to this day. But, uh, yeah, so I got really into uh, training in general. I lost about 60 pounds. Uh, Went from about 248 uh, when I got done playing to about 182. Um, went to, I transferred from my junior college to Sac State. Uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do yet, but I was like, hey, like I started the athletic training path. Like maybe I can just do that. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with athletic training. It just really wasn't for me. So I sat down with my advisor at the time and she was like, well, don't don't spend all this money and don't spend all this time doing pursuing something you don't want to do or you don't love. So she asked me like, what do you love? Like, well, I don't know, like training, like (laughs) sports. Uh, I just want to be involved with sports somehow. Um, so she referred me to go see who ended up being my advisor, uh, on the strength conditioning path. I graduated with a bachelor's in exercise science interns, like I said, for a year with the, uh, strength conditioning program there. Uh, got a lot of experience. Um, that's what put me on the path of wanting to train athletes. But what really put me on the path of wanting to train collegiate athletes was the coach that I worked with there at Sac State, um, Jeff Law. He uh, brought me in and just his like passion. Like he had so much passion for, for the job, which is kind of hard to do in the summertime when there's nobody around. But he like made me fall in love with collegiate uh, strength conditioning. So that's kind of where I took it from there, working uh, at Arkansas State for the brief time I did. Kind of solidified it for me. Working with uh, Coach Matt Shadid and, uh, and the rest of his staff was an amazing experience. And it, it really uh, it really showed me what I needed to do to be a good coach. Uh, and it, it really lit the fire that made me want to continue. Oh, that's dope. Um, so... <clears throat> A little bit more background, you guys, uh, that the audience doesn't know. Joe, you mentioned uh, bench press is one of your strong suits. Um, bench daddy. <laughs> uh, you put some put some big numbers up, not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> uh, powerlifting, you know, is kind of your game. And then Aaron, uh, weightlifting, you know, you've competed a couple times. Um, so what... What made you, or I guess, what influenced um, you guys to follow those paths, and how do you incorporate that, or do you incorporate that in your own programming? I just uh, I fell into weightlifting again when I was in in undergrad, uh, learning the Olympic lifts, uh, getting that USAW certification. Originally, I did more kind of like powerlifting, bodybuilding s type workouts, like bench, squat, deadlift. Um, and I was pretty decently strong and then I get like 315 on bench and then as soon as I got 315 on bench like that was like a huge landmark for me then I did the USAW course like okay let's let's snatch and I couldn't get my hand like hand above my head like at all I look like a like a baby deer trying to get that weight over my head it was terrible and then just from there I was like okay like I want to try to be better at this and so I've um, 
I just started focusing on Olympic weightlifting more. Um, and then I was like, you know, just trained for it for a couple months. And then one of the strength coaches said, Hey, you should, you're okay. Like you should compete in it. You know, like, all right. And then I just kind of gave it a go. Um, and that's just, just been uphill from there. You know, I've always tried to get better. There's been times where I've dove in so far into weightlifting that I, it took over my entire life. And there's times where I now where I just kind of relax and, uh, just train for fun. And then that made everything so much better. And I, I love to compete and whatnot. And I love doing Olympic lifts. I love doing all the strength and power work and whatnot, but I don't believe it's an end all be all to anything. Uh, I do incorporate weightlifting here and there with, with my teams, but it's not every team's going to use it because there's such a big learning curve. Like I'm still learning how to Olympic lift proficiently and I've been doing this for five, six years now. So there's a, there's a huge learning curve that comes along with it. So um, I believe there's tons of tons of different modalities you can use. Um, if I'm going to try to get someone uh, more, if they're trying to be more powerful and, and faster, um, Olympic lifts isn't going to be my number one tool, but it's, it's just a tool for the toolbox. It's not the end all be all um, to being explosive, to being powerful. Because if you look at jumping, um, you look at sprinting, they're very different movements. You've got to be strong at different, uh, different angles and, and different velocities and different movements. And Olympic weightlifting is a very, very closed chain type movement it's it's not as specific to running and jumping so um it's just a tool that i like to use but it's it's not the number one tool that i'm going to use for all my athletes cool what you got to yeah. say joe um you uh you got everyone uh, so, on, the, on the slingshot <laughs> no, slingshot bench not. number one that is it <laughs> no. number one um, no, I, I guess starting from the beginning, um, I did, uh, compete in powerlifting at the more like the local level, like never anything crazy. Uh, the one thing that ever kept me in competitions was my bench press. So I, I knew I could always <laughs> like fall back on that. Um, I, yeah, like my first, uh, my first meet that I did was in 2015. I, I think I squatted like not even 400, like 396. I like that 500 for the first time in my life. And then I, before that I benched like 330 or something like that. So like you could see like how close that, that was to my squat, which is <laughs> not very good at all. If anybody knows anything about powerlifting, but obviously that got better. Um, did a few more meets after that. Um, not that it's anything crazy, but I, I, you know, placed in a couple meets. Um, but that's what really got uh, me interested uh, in strength training uh, and really solidified while I was at Sac State that I do want to be able to apply this to athletes. Um, I knew well, I always knew I wanted to work with athletes in some capacity. Um, I think that definitely helped me uh, as I was as I was going through uh, my internships. To, you know, uh, I have so many repetitions in the bar in terms of squatting pressing, deadlifting, those are usually the big three uh, foundational movements that people teach. So I think that helped me out a little bit. Um, but the more I started working with athletes, uh, the more – can I cut on here? Oh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, okay. The more I started working with athletes, uh, the more I realized I didn't know shit about shit. So <laughs> it made me really, like, 
it made me really dive into what I didn't know, uh, which was like speed, uh, agility, training, conditioning, things like that. As a power lifter, you're not, you're not worried about how much you can fucking run or how, how fast or how agile you are. Um, you know, but working with athletes, uh, the, the strongest, the strongest athlete in the weight room is not always the, the fastest, most explosive, most dynamic player on the field or court or, you know, whatever. Um, so it really like gave me a good starting point in the profession, but it definitely showed me what I needed to work on more and what I still need to work on. Cool. So I went on a little bit of a tangent, but <laughs> no, that's perfect. Uh, so obviously we've heard, you know, you guys have had extensive training background, extensive coaching background. I think that's kind of like an unwritten law. Like you have to, you have to love to, to train, you know, as a coach, um, you can't right. just, you know, read out of the book and, uh, take the course, right. And do the cert. You have to actually apply it, learn for yourself and see what works and what doesn't. But what would you guys say? Like, what are some staples in your own programming? Like, like, again, you guys are big into, you know, weightlifting, powerlifting, but like you said, or like Aaron said, it's not the end all be all. Um, what are some staples? Um, and what are, what are some things that people overlook in their programming? Um. I wouldn't say there's necessarily a, a staple uh, for whatever we're programming. I think you got to look at the, uh, the sport as a whole. Uh, what, uh, what movements are they going to be doing? What, what injuries are common? What, what joints are they using? What angles do they need to be powerful at? Uh, doing a needs analysis, that's going to be our, our number one of seeing what, what does this sport actually need? Uh, so I would say that would be very dependent on sport to sport. So like I was saying, like Olympic lifts, like, okay, football, we're, we're going to do Olympic lifts. Uh, you know, the coaches love to see big Olympic lifts. It's kind of one of the staple in our pro, uh, in our program for football, but men's golf, I don't really do, I don't do any clean stuff. So, um, it's going to be very dependent on the sport. I think, uh, one thing that that's very very common with most other sports is very is focusing on the posterior chain, uh, focusing on on core work. That's one thing that's very underdeveloped. I see in a lot of collegiate athletes and then high school athletes too. You know, everyone just comes in like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bench, we're gonna squat, and we're gonna do curls, and that's pretty much it. And so they don't they don't know anything else. Some athletes do come from good strength uh, strength and conditioning programs uh, in their high schools, but a lot of them come here. Uh, very underdeveloped um, and don't move right. And I would say the the number one staple in every program is just getting them to move more efficiently as humans. That's kind of the biggest thing is, you know, if, if you can't squat to a full depth under load, then there's something we need to fix there. If you can't squat with just your body weight, there's something seriously wrong there that, that we need to kind of go back and, and readjust and see, um, what kind of patterns we can we can tweak and make better so just making above all else just just better movers if you're going to be a better mover that's going to help you be better in your sport yes but that's going to help you so much more in in your life and longevity that's that's the biggest thing I used to get hurt all the time in weightlifting just because I couldn't move right I couldn't get the bar over my head I was always tweaking my lat or something like that because I would neglect all my accessory work and whatnot so just teaching everyone to to move better at a full range of motion. And then we, those, that's kind of our base right there. And then we start adding blocks on top of that. And they're like, okay, let's, let's add a little bit of load and let's add a little bit of volume 
a little bit of intensity here and there. That's those are the main factors that we're going to look at uh, before we start figuring. Okay, what exercises are we trying to put in here for different sports? Agreed. <laughs> uh, no, I think uh, yeah, we're good. We're good. You, you answer all the questions. No, uh, I think that I, I definitely do agree, though. I, I definitely do agree. I think that uh, that it is extremely important um, to assess your athlete. Um, I don't think it has to be the most you know ridiculous movement screen or anything. Like if you. Uh, if you just watch your athlete walk in, walk in the door, like you can kind of tell uh, where where they are uh, in terms of like their movement efficiency. But also, uh, what I like to do with my athletes, uh, I first couple weeks of training are usually just basic movements like goblet squats and lunges and push ups and things like that. Just so that gives me the opportunity to assess uh, where my athletes as a whole are as a team. Uh, what we might need to work on, but also what we, what individual athletes might need. Um, I think if movement quality and movement proficiency aren't your your first, your your primary goal in, in a training block, then like what are you doing? Like why are you trying to chase numbers versus ch ch chasing movement? Like I said, all that matters really is what the athlete can do once they get into their their sport. Uh, like again, like the strongest athletes aren't always going to be the best athletes. So I want to make sure all my athletes are moving proficiently, uh, so that they can, they can stay healthy. And that when we do start to add load, it's looking good. They're, they're moving well under that load. Cool. So I think a lot of people think that, you know, programming for a collegiate level athlete or some, you know, higher level athlete is you know, always super complex that you need, you know, all these crazy plyometrics and depth jumps. And especially with social media, you know, you see people posting like ridiculous things. Um, and one thing I've noticed, you know, working with you guys is it's very consistent and very, um, very thoughtful, you know, what you guys do in, in terms of progressions, right? Maybe you start off with a trap bar off you know, five blocks, move it down to four, move it down to three, um, et cetera, right? But it's nothing, nothing out of, you know, nothing out of Mars, right? Nothing out of left field. Um, but let's touch on the mental side of things. Um, how do you get athletes to buy into that, you know, to buy into the simplicity. Obviously you guys know, um, uh, what you're doing, you work with, I mean, you've probably seen thousands of athletes at this point. Um, how do you get them to trust the process and, and just believe in, Hey, this simple exercise is going to make you a better athlete, or it's not just exercise, but this programming in general, you don't need anything crazy. I think just, you know, just, just giving them results, um, right away without saying, Hey, we're going to hit a, hit a one rep max. Um, cause that's something, you know, we're going to use very scarcely, um, in our programming and some app, you know, some programs, some sports, we're not, we're not even going to do any one rep max test testing or anything like that. I mean, you, if you look at the sports that we work with is, is a one rep max back squad going to make you a better football player. It could but that doesn't mean it's, it's something you need to do or same thing with basketball. These guys have super long levers and they can't get to, to better position. So they move more efficiently um, under a light load. But one way um, 
to give them that that buy-in a little early on is is let it let it rip a little bit let them see where they're at um sometimes we'll do testing whether it's like a 10 or a 20 yard sprint we're gonna we're gonna do some jump testing uh we're gonna do like an elevated trap bar deadlift five rep max um or a back squat eight rep max which is under very light load um and it's not going to be as strenuous on them but it's it's going to be a little bit of a grind sometimes um so a lot of the times people think like oh we gotta max them out in six weeks or eight weeks or they look so far down the road or we got to do this right down uh right down there sometimes you just gotta let them let them do a little bit more and it doesn't even have to be under a load uh it doesn't have to be a back squat it's like all right can you hold this chin up for however long you can, how long can you, how many chin-ups can you do? Um, just sometimes just letting them go and, and letting them compete, letting them um, compete in the weight room because that, that's what it's all about. We want to we wanna breed that um, competitive atmosphere no matter where we're at, whether we're going to be um, on our field or on our court or if we're in the weight room. We want to make sure we're, we're bringing that energy and making sure when they walk in that door, that's going to be – one of the best parts of their day. So they actually enjoy coming into training. That's the thing about it. They just come in here and just do the same old thing over and over and they don't get any excitement from it. And it's hard to get them to buy into that program. So um, if you give them those, those small little sprinkles of results, sometimes, you, okay, let, let it rip or, all right, you, you can hit this today. But like, if you don't like, like you make little bets with them, like I'm going to do 30 up downs or something like that. So I like to challenge them or, Coach Arcos, we, we kind of do that with some of our football athletes sometimes. So just give them a little challenge sometimes uh, just, to, just to let it rip and, and see where they're at. But make sure, above all else, doing it in a safe manner. Yeah, I don't lose bets. I still got some uh, some football guys that owe me some, uh, some on-call push-ups. Oh, call uh, them out. <laughs> they, uh, they know who they are. You know, uh, but I agree. I think uh, – I think you gotta. You sometimes like you have to. You have to give the athletes what they feel like they need, even though uh, it might not always be uh, exactly what you want to do. Um, I mean, I'll give you an example. So, uh, in terms of like the weight training, so uh, my baseball guys, they they love to lift. They love to lift heavy. They love to do like the typical, you know, like arms, you know, like bro lifting, <laughs> like the bench. Um, so what we'll do is, uh, you know, if we have some time, if we have, you know, 10 minutes left uh, in our in our time slot, I'll be like, hey, like, all right, everybody bring it up, turn off the music, everybody comes up and like, quiet, all right, we got 10 minutes of arms, go, everybody spreads out, goes crazy, like, oh, I don't know what to do, triceps, whatever, <laughs> but it, it makes it fun for them and it gives them what they want to do. Um, now, uh, there was... There was a saying that uh, our boss, uh, Coach Uribe, actually uh, told me, or he told somebody, and somebody told me when I first got to uh, San Jose State, uh, was you, if, if the athlete or the coach or whoever feels like the athlete needs chocolate ice cream, right, in, in terms of whatever they want, if they want to do all the crazy stuff or whatever, um, or whatever they feel like they need to do, but you know that the athlete uh, or the entire team, they need vanilla ice cream they need to pull it back they need to do the simple stuff you give them the most chocolate flavored vanilla ice cream ever <laughs> so they think they think that they're getting the chocolate ice cream they think they're getting the cool training and stuff but really they're getting what what they need um now that could be uh if you are 
if they want to, Hey, like we want to clean or we want to do X, Y, Z. Okay. Like, so we're not there where we can do that. So how can I still give them something to where they feel like they're, they're doing something super athletic. Uh, and for like, again, perfect example with baseball, uh, in the fall, I have 45 guys, maybe more this year with everything going on. Uh, I don't have time or manpower to teach 45 guys how to clean perfectly. So what are we going to do? How can I still get the triple extension? How can I still get powerful, explosive movements? We're going to throw the shit out of some med balls. Uh, one of the things that I, I like to do is we'll go outside um, and it's uh, we have a small space of turf. I'll line guys up on this side. I'll line guys up on that side. We'll do like backwards med ball throws. All right. If it's easy, throw that shit over the fence. I'll go get it. You throw it over the fence. I will go <laughs> hop that fence and get the ball. And then that creates a sense of competition where guys are now like they're going all out. They're going balls to the wall, throwing the shit out of that med ball. Uh, and you're probably, in all honesty, you're probably getting more out of that than you would uh, a lackluster clean. So, uh, but in, in, uh, and to answer in a different way, uh, to get to get guys motivated, to get people uh, ready to go. Um, again, I, I, I've worked with baseball my entire time here, so I'm probably going to use them a lot. For example, um, since I've been here, when we had early early waves, like 6 a.m., we usually go in the morning. Uh, they they know in the fall they're meeting me down at the football field at the back of the end zone. They're lining up all the way across. We got position players on this side. We got pitchers on that side. They know once it hits 6 a.m. or whatever time we're going to go, 6:30, whatever. They know Coach Sarkos is coming down that ramp. And they know when I get to the field, they better be ready. So they all line up, you know, and then Jules, you've seen this. They all line up. They wait for me. Everybody's quiet. Everybody's like ready to go, ready to explode out, blow the whistle, sprint to the line. And that's how we get the day going. It's something small, but you can tell who's faking it. You know, you can tell who's not bought in for the day. And if I expect these guys or these girls or whoever I'm working with, to hit the ground running and to dominate the lift. Like no matter what time it is, no matter how tired I am, I better be ready to dominate that fucking day. So I think in to kind of wrap that up, it starts with how you as a coach convey yourself to the athlete immediately. If I'm, if I'm like just walking down the ramp at 6am baseball guys see that they call me out. I can't have that. I don't look soft in front of these guys. <laughs> that, that touches on a, on a couple things. So uh, we kind of talked about the mental side as a coach, right? How do we get the buy-in? And uh, Joe, you just reminded me of what you said sounds like building culture, right? So how do you guys like, what's the importance of building culture and what have you seen in terms of different teams? Like, um, does it differ from team to team? Like for example, football versus a different team or golf versus a different team. How do you um, adapt and how do you build culture within each setting? Let's say above all else, the, the culture, it, it starts with you as a coach um, and the culture that is trying to be established with your, uh, your staff as well. Um, so you gotta, you gotta sit down, you gotta talk with your, with your basketball coach. Okay. What, what are we, what are we trying to improve? What are, what are the pieces? What guys can be leaders on that team? So I think above all else is, is we want to start to lead the team and then we slowly want to trickle in, uh, different parts where these players start to lead. Uh, that's, that's going to be the, the biggest key, um, one of the famous quotes I like to say is, is good, good teams are led by coaches. 
uh, great teams are going to be led by players. Uh, so that above all else is going to be the key is giving these players uh, the power and the experience leading their team. And they don't got to cuss out and do all this other stuff to, to their teammates and whatnot, but uh, you got to lead in an effective way where you got to get them to, to buy into you. So it starts with being a coach. You got to get your athletes to buy into you. However, however way you're going to do that, uh, you got to find a way. You got to mold yourself. You got to mold your personality to, to fit these certain teams. So I'll, I work with a number of different teams. Uh, I work with football, which is very kind of regimented, militaristic style of, of coaching. And then um, I'll, I'll work with men's and women's basketball, which is going to be very different. If I treated them the way um, that I treated football, they I would just get closed off, wouldn't listen to me. Um, I got to I gotta work with them a little bit differently than how I would work with, with football. Um, same thing with golf. They're not, they're not, they're not a collision sport. They're not going to go out there and try to decapitate someone. I got to <laughs> treat them differently too. But um, I, I try to mold myself a little bit to, to fit each team. I'm, I'm not a one size fits all type of coach. Um, it's not going to be a, a my way or the highway. Um, I want them to be able to buy into me. Um, that's the biggest thing. Cause they, if they don't buy into you, they're, they're not going to buy into the program. And then they're not going to get the effective program that they need because they're not going to, they're not going to believe in it. They're not going to believe in you. Um, so that's the biggest thing is, is you have to get them to buy into you and what you stand for. Um, and then after that, you got to get the whole team to buy into each other and they have to trust in each other, um, to lead each other effectively. Cause then we got to sit back because we're not going to be out there on the court. We're not going to be out there on the field, wherever it may be. We're just sitting there on the sidelines. We're like, Oh, get back. Or just I'm sitting on the edge of the bench for basketball games. Like three, like I'm, I'm not doing anything. I, I, I did everything I could, but, um, it starts with, uh, getting them to buy into you and then getting them to buy it into each other as a team. That's, I believe is, is the one way to, to get a culture and everyone bought in uh, to the same idea uh, to be a successful team. Yeah, I think like Aaron said, like it just starts with that's just same thing. And like I said before, it starts with you as a coach and how you're going to convey the message of the sport coach. I think that's the important thing is, is it's it's honestly not our culture to build. It's the team's culture. So if if you meet with the coach and they're like, hey, this is what we want to do. This is this is the team that we want to be. Um, it's your job to facilitate that away from the sport coaches. Uh, so if if let's say again, let me use baseball as an example. Let's say the baseball coach is like, hey, this year we need to be disciplined. We need to like get on these guys. I need you to be a hard ass with them because that's how we're going to be then like whether I agree with that or not, like that's the culture that he wants to build for his team. I have to be an extension of that in the weight room or wherever we're at. Um, now you can, you can still put your own little flavor or whatever you want to do into that. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, like whatever culture you're trying to build in the weight room with that team has to echo the culture of that team and what the sport coach wants. You know, it's your job to build the culture away from the team, basically taking the message from the top down. Um, and that's one thing, you know, I, I really have noticed as, uh, you know, working with these strength coaches, um, 
you know, you guys have to fit a bunch of different roles. You have to wear a lot of different hats. Sometimes it's not being a, (laughs) oh, okay, Chance. (laughs) Sometimes it's not being a coach. Sometimes, come on, Aaron, come on. Uh, man, I wish people could see this. Uh, sometimes it's not being a coach, right? It's, it's being a therapist, listening, just listening to the athletes and what they got going on. Because again, being co- collegiate athletes, they got college to attend, they got school, um, they got all these other things going on. Um, so let's, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the athletes. So we talked a lot about different coaching strategies, um, how you guys, you know, set your intentions and things like that, but. Um, having seen so many athletes, what do you guys see that sets athletes apart? Because um, one thing I've noticed is, for example, working with baseball, they love to be in the gym. They love to train. Uh, and some teams like to be in the gym. Some don't. Um, and there's always like that one guy or one girl on the team who is there late or not late, but they go in extra um, just to get extra work done. Right. They're, they're in the weight room late after the session's done or they're there in the morning. Um, there's always that one, you know, one or two people that love to, to lift weights. Um, but what, what you guys, what was that? The psychos. The psycho. <laughs> we love the uh, psychos. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you have, what have you guys seen that sets athletes apart? What are some traits, I'll, I guess? Just being able to, to ch- take charge of, of all the basics. That's, that's the number one thing I would say, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's not just, coming in and doing school, uh, they got weights, they got practice, they got games, they got a social life, they got a family life. And people who have figured out how to have control over, over all those areas of, of their life um, are the ones that I see normally are most in control and are going to be the most successful. The ones who actually put the time in um, to not do anything special, but to just do the basics and do the basics at at the best of their abilities uh, is, is the main thing. You know, if you're not, if you're not, maybe you're coming in, you're sleeping five hours and you're eating two meals a day and one of them's pizza. And then you only drink sugary Gatorade throughout the day. I mean, they, they may be skilled and whatnot. You could have the best player on your team and, and they're going to do that. And yes, their skill is going to get them to a certain point, uh, but it's only going to last so long. That's one of the things is if you're not taking care of your body, uh, it doesn't matter how skilled you are. Uh, you are going to hit a roadblock at some point of your career, whether it's an injury or uh, your energy's down or you just stop performing at, at your best. Um, you know, humans, we're, we're very resilient creatures. We can, we can put our bodies under, under so much stress for such a long time and still perform. We can, sleep for a minimal amount of time and eat terrible food and eat drinking bad things for you and you can still perform, but it's, it's only going to last to a certain point. And then you're just going to, you're just going to fall off. So um, those who actually take charge in in every facet of what it means to be an athlete are the ones that um, are going to be the best. You know, if they're, if they're sleeping as much as they can, um, you know, coming in, eating the right foods, eating a balanced diet. They're not to one end or this end, you know, just a very balanced uh, whole diet, just eating as many good good whole foods as they can. Um, and they actually they take charge of, of what they're doing, and they can be effective coaches for their team too. You know, they can not say like, okay, I need to go in 
and get this training in, but they're, they're taking people with them. Um, that's the main thing is, is getting the other people on that team better too. Um, so they're not just trying to improve themselves. They're trying to improve others as well. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, obviously you have to, if you want to be great, like you have to handle the little things. You have to handle all the, the minimal steps that are going to get you because I mean, they add up and create the big things. But I think, uh, I think the most important thing, like Aaron just said, is uh, the athletes that set themselves apart and that are successful in, in whether they're sport or in life are the ones that influence others to do the right things as well. Obviously, like if if I'm handling my business and I'm doing everything I need to do, like that's good. But can I can I bring others along with me? Because then that creates you know, that, that creates more cohesiveness, that creates a better team in general. Um, so I think from what I've seen, from what I've seen in my time, uh, a, good, a good amount of athletes that I've worked with have at some point or another uh, been able to make the jump to professional in, in their sport. Um, it's a good amount, but some. Uh, and those, those that really stood out to me that have done that, uh, have always done the little things right. Uh, they might not have been the most like vocal person, but uh, they brought people along with them. It was like, hey, like if it was weight training, like hey, I'm gonna go. I'm going back to the weight room at this time. You're coming with me. If we have a 6 a.m. lift, like hey, we don't have class until nine o'clock. Or I know you don't have class till nine o'clock. We're gonna stay extra and we're gonna get some more. Uh, you know, those are the athletes that either have gone on to be successful or I think will go on to be successful in no matter what, whether they're, they're going into the corporate business world or whatever they're doing uh, or their sport. I think those athletes are going to have success and that's what really makes them stand out to me. Yeah. I think you guys brought up a couple good points. I want to touch on um, people overlook the, the little things. Um, and we kind of talked about it a little bit with training, right? People always are looking for that one exercise that's going to make them faster. That's going to make it more explosive, but you got to put the reps in building the strength. You got to put the reps in building your mobility. You got to put the reps in building your explosiveness before, you know, you put that cherry on top and, and utilize those more advanced methods. And I think the same thing for just like your basic lifestyle, like, you know, athletes that go into a training session and they haven't eaten all day or, you know, they had like a, a snack, like a, a chewy bar or something like that. Right. And I don't actually don't blame them because for one, I think being young, you kind of overlook, uh, you know, the fact that you need that, that fuel. I think you can like survive. And like Aaron said, you can be very resilient on like minimal fuel on minimal sleep. I think when you're young, you, you really can take advantage of that. So <laughs> that's kind of interesting, yeah, but I so I don't, I don't blame them, you know, uh, but at the same time, I think it, you have to take it upon yourself to, to educate yourself a little bit and, and learn how to push yourself uh, forward. Um, so to touch on that, to go off of that, what are some mistakes that athletes make um, during the in-season and off-season? Uh, I think it, it very much so depends on, on the athlete, you know. Uh, the biggest thing we need to do is, is give them as much uh, as much knowledge as we can. Because um, that's the biggest thing. They have so many different things going on right now. Uh, so maybe they they stayed up late and they 
slept only four hours because they had to study for this test in the morning. They just cram it all in one night. Um, or they didn't eat any food before they came in to train. Um, I'm going to say those are probably going to be the biggest two that we run into. And it's, it's pretty easy to spot <laughs> during the training session. You know, we'll, we'll go outside, we'll do all our field work or some sort of sprints or plyos or, or whatnot that we come in with. And then by that point, you see the, the, the athlete who didn't necessarily eat anything that morning or didn't get any sort of fuel. And then you'll see them just kind of hunched over, just just taking a minute to catch a breath. And then, you know, you go over there and start the conversation like, hey, like, so what what'd you eat this morning? And I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't eat anything. And as much as I want to strangle them for that, I, I can't <laughs> get mad at them. Because if, if I were to get mad in that moment right now, then they would never tell me that again. And then they just continue to lie to me. Um, so if, if someone says that to me, I'm like, okay, sit here, don't do anything. I go, I grab like some sort of, we got like little chewy bars or a protein bar in the back, just some form of carbs so they can get some immediate energy because they're, they're just lacking it right now. Um, so that's something that I've, I've tried to do not with basically every team that I work with. It's, it's pretty, pretty easy to see. Um, you know, Coach Arcosi uses a lot of like RPEs, different stuff like that. And that's one way that you can also see too. Um, but it's, it's definitely under, uh, undervaluing their nutrition and, and their sleep, I'd say, um, are the, are the biggest two that, that I run into a lot. And then your biggest three recovery modalities are going to be sleep, nutrition, and hydration. Those are, those are and always will be your top three recovery modalities, no matter how much. Uh, you try to Norma Tech, that's not going to fix a terrible diet. Uh, no, how, no matter how much you use a, a Theragun, that's not going to fix your sleep. And you can't put a Band-Aid on your hydration. That doesn't fix anything. So um, you got to look at those three. Those are the main, main three that usually tend to falter off. And it's important to have those conversations with your athletes because if, if all those are tied together, you know, if you don't have any muscle glycogen, your muscles are all – you're dehydrated and then that's at a point where you can have a tweak you can have a strain something like that um same thing if you're not hydrated you know just a two percent hydration drop off and you see a vast um decreasement in in how they can function and then if they're not functioning properly then they're not going to be as in tune to their movement and then that's when you see different injuries happen because they're not in tune um with their body so that's one of the things is we got to have that conversation it's going to be continuous uh teaching them because if we just spew all this information out uh they're not going to process it all so just little little tidbits here and there 30 seconds a couple quick tips that's going to be the main thing that's going to help us out i think i agree with all of that i think that's all very true but i think the in my opinion the number one mistake if that was the question right number one mistake athletes make uh is not utilizing their resources so I tell all of my athletes in our you know, pre-semester or whatever pre-season meetings, um, use me. Like, I am here for you. Like, make me earn the little bit of money that I make. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not – I have one uh, certification for my job. But, you know, I'm here. I'm still somebody that – is available to you. Um, I know, I know a little something about some stuff, but you know, like I, I can still help out. 
you know, if you have any issues with like, like, you know, I noticed that, you know, this is tight or this, I have this, or I, I was dealing with that. Uh, yeah. Come in and talk to me and I can do my best to help you out. But, uh, I always tell uh, the main, again, the main sport that, you know, I tell us, I, I, I've been using baseball, but I tell baseball in our meetings, like, like, Hey, like I will be, I, I will be the best strength coach you will ever have if you give me the opportunity. So if you, and some, some have taken me up on that. Like some will be in my office, like every day, some come back, you know, and they'll still be in my office, like talking to me about stuff. Like I get, I get, uh, FaceTimes and, and calls, uh, from, you know, some guys that I've worked with, uh, about like, you know, their training or about just their life in general. But yeah, like I can help you with, you know, strength conditioning with mobility, blah, blah, blah. But I can also be somebody that if you need me, like you can talk to me. Um, but outside of me, use your academic resources. Use, you know, if, if your school or whatever has a nutritionist, use that. You know, if your parents know somebody that can help you with X, Y, or Z, use your resources. Like, use the trainers to get to get extra recovery. Like, that, that shit's free, man. Like, if I was if I was an athlete at Division One level, man, I... I Man, I would be utilizing every resource that I had. Now, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, and I played at a JUCO where we didn't have anything. But, uh, you know, if I if I had the opportunity, trust I would for sure be utilizing the hell out of my resources. And I think I think that doesn't happen. You know, like like half the time after he comes up to you, and they're like, "Oh, I got this going. On, I got that going on. Would you go talk to your trainer? No. Why not?" You know, or like, oh, like I, I don't have any money for food. Can you go to the DC? Do you have swipes on your card? Yeah. Why don't you go? Ah, uh, you know, I don't really like that that food there. I mean, that's a resource they're not utilizing. You know, uh, or I'm struggling in class. Well, did you go see your academic person? No. Why not? You know what I mean? Like that's another resource that they're not utilizing. Cool. Uh, so I just got a few more questions for you guys. This is kind of like rapid fire. So doesn't Boom, be you know, right <laughs> super lengthy. Yes. Uh, no. One, two, eight. <laughs> XYZ. Uh, going off of that, what we just said, um, biggest mistakes that we see, what are some biggest misconceptions that athletes have? About us? Uh, about you? About Hey, man, it's up for interpretation, you know? They don't think I'm strong. I'm strong as hell. Um, <laughs> about training, about nutrition, about performance, anything. That is easy. They don't have to work Sand pit that, that training okay, okay. make you more fast and agile. <laughs> what about the ladders? I thought ladders. Oh, uh, ladders are great. Fast. Ladders yeah, it's called a, I mean, it's called a to, speed ladder. You need to get up to a roof. <laughs> If you need to get up to the roof, ah. like ladders are great. Ah, I see. I see. And then, like, the more you jump over stuff and like do circles, the faster you'll go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Did you not know this? Like, come on, man. I know, Dude, man. That's wasting my. This is strike coach one hundred and one. All right. <laughs> okay. Ser- seriously, answer the question though. I-, I gave mine. I think that people think it's way too easy to to do the things that are going to get them to the next level. And it's obviously not. Or else everybody would fucking be there. I would say just, hell, doing the, doing the basics. Everyone's looking for the, the latest and greatest exercise and 
and recovery modalities and whatnot. And just like I said, like the, the basics are going to have the best effect on you. Uh, it, it's proven time and time again, but people always want to look for the, the one magic thing that's going to make them better when it's just doing the basics consistently is the thing that's going to do that. So nutrition, sleep, eat more protein. Basically. Exactly. Right? Get jacked and tan. Like what else? <laughs> uh, what's your part? <laughs> oh, yeah. Out in your pool. I'm trying to look like Jules out here. <laughs> you, can't, you can't look tall, dark, and handsome like me. Come on. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, what should athletes be doing during this time? Sprinting, jumping. The yes, packets that we send them. Boom. Okay. Love it. The nine weeks of packets and video demos. <laughs> coach, I've had so many people. I've had a few handful like, hey, coach, like I've been doing this, but you know, do you have like a total body program with like sprinting and jumping and stretching and nutrition, like everything? I'm like, yes, I've been posting it. You've seen it before. And so that's just, just reminding them repetition over and over again. And like Coach Darko said, you know, just sprinting jumping doing some max iso stuff sleeping getting your nutrition on point that's that's gonna be the biggest bang for your buck being athletic yeah. doing stuff every day mm-hmm. yeah i think communication too like obviously like with with all this going on like for ncaa like we cannot reach out to the athletes and be like hey have you been doing this have you been doing that um but if like if i'm an athlete and i'm doing my take-home packet like i'm supposed to uh, and I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to, but I have questions. If, if I'm not communicating with my strength coach, then like I'm not doing everything I can to try to get, get better. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think communicating with your sport coach, with your strength coach, with your academic person, again, your resources, communication, and and all of that is, is obviously key right now because we can't see. We're used to seeing these athletes, you know, every single day. You know, we saw the football players four times a week and then most like a bunch of them would come in on, on our day off our day off and get extra work like so we're seeing these guys five days a week some guys even come in on Saturdays when, when you know Aaron opens up the weight room uh, we're seeing these guys all these days a week but now we're not seeing them uh, like like they need to communicate you know with somebody you know just to make sure that you know they have some sense of normalcy yeah. I kind of lost my train of thought, I'm not going to lie. But I think yeah, I was around and got it. That was good. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Next um, question, Jules. Let's go. <laughs> Hardest thing about being a strength coach? I would Ooh. say is just making time for yourself. Uh, one of the big things, you know, we're we're kind of spread thin sometimes and you know we want to be there for our athletes. We put so much work and, and time into making them the best that we can. You know, we're, we're, we're training with them four or five days a week and then we're traveling with them to their games. And then we have another team that has a game on the weekend and you want to be there to warm up. And then you want to do this. It was like since July of last year, I had like two full weekends off because I always had some team going on the weekend because I, w- I want to be there for them. Um, but just making sure you're, you're finding that balance and you're not just getting spread so, so far thin that you're, you're not leaving anything for yourself too. That's one of the biggest things is, um, that's helped me is like, not that this pandemic is good, but it's kind of been a time where I kind of sit back and realize like, whoa, I was kind of, I was doing this and I need to slow down a little bit more and just continuously reaching out to people. And like what Coach Arco said, even 
you know, using your resources. Like I myself, I need to use my resources. I need to find um, helping my friends and my family and, and my coworkers and just tell them if there's something that I need. Um, I don't need to do it all. I can I can get help from other people. I can let my emotions out and talk to them. So you got to practice what you preach. True. <laughs> as long as you're not spreading your emotions to me, I think we're all good. Eh? <laughs> oh, you get that when I knock on your door. Just, Joe, come out. <laughs> I have a lock on my door for that exact reason. Um, no, but I mean, yeah, I I'll think, it down. Uh, um, <laughs> probably will. Um, what was the question? Uh, strength coach, hardest part of being strength coach. What was the hardest part of being You know, when you get, you know, this intern that rolls in on a scooter because he broke his foot <laughs> playing basketball, you know, and then he just comes in with all his, uh, all, all his cars and tails and rails. Who's that? And, Dude, know, it sounds like, that sounds like a trooper, man. If you, if you go in yeah, on your like, scooter, man, during the summer. Out of mason jars. Oh, hire that guy on the spot. Uh, <laughs> drinking like weird, like yellowish brown stuff out of mason jars. Like, drinking his own uh, urine. I, I don't know about all that guy. I don't know about all that guy. <laughs> Okay, I don't want to. I didn't want to actually say that, but since you said it, um, no, I think uh, for sure, like the hardest part has been, at least in, in you know the, the young career that I've had at this point, um, has been for sure uh, spreading yourself thin. I mean, I, I like I said, I started as an intern here, and it was to where like, hey, like you, you work hard, like you know, like you, you want to set yourself apart, you want to earn the next job, so. I literally poured my all into this. And, uh, I mean, not, not too many people know, I guess a bunch more people will know now, but like for like the second half of my actual internship from like August to January, uh, I lived out of my car because I knew this is where I wanted to be. And I knew that this is this experience that I was going to get here at San Jose state was going to be what got me to the next level of my coaching, whether that was here or whether that was somewhere else. So I knew that this was an opportunity that I could not pass up. So I poured everything I had into it. I was working nights in a restaurant. I was sleeping in the parking lot, you know, and like trying to beat my boss to work every day. He'd get there like 4.15. It got there 4.15. I was there at 4.13 waiting for him to open up the door. Um, but like that mentality, taking that and trying to like go as I, as I go through my GA, go, go into full time, uh, spreading myself really thin. Uh, and like Aaron said, like you want to be there for, for your sports. You want to be there for all your athletes. So you're there warming people up, you know, like in, uh, in, in July, August, like warming up the volleyball table for practice, you know, football and all that, uh, baseball in the spring. You know, we had a lot of home games before it got canceled. I think there, we didn't, we didn't have, we had like two away games. Those are the only two games I missed. And when you have a doubleheader on a Saturday that, that you're there at the ballpark at you know, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., and you don't leave until 9, 10 p.m., and you've been working all week, like that's stretching a little thin. Then you got to be at the ballpark again the next day. You get to be at the ballpark the next day. That does spread you a little thin. So I think it is important to answer the main question. I think it is important to find something to to detach yourself from your job. Um, you know, like I said, we, we, we're in a, a field where more is better. Usually, you know, we don't, we don't preach that to the athletes and to the coaches. Like, you know, we want to make sure everybody's okay, but we don't really take that advice yourself. Uh, and I think that's, that's been one of the, the biggest things I've learned, you know, 
as a strength coach, you have to make time for yourself. You have to make time for your family, for your loved ones, your significant other. If you have kids, your kids. And that's something that uh, I've learned that I haven't, I hadn't done a really good job of, of, of doing myself. Hey, Not uh, to get all deep and shit on you. I, oh, I didn't hear anything you said. Can you repeat it? Oh, nah. <laughs> no, man, that, that's, that's awesome. I think, uh, people don't really know again, what goes on, um, once teams leave, you know, and just looking in from outside, people think it's just about, you know, coaching during, you know, an hour session or people you know, think we're whatever. glorified personal trainers. <laughs> hey man, nothing, wrong. Nothing, nothing wrong with a personal trainer. Kind of are, but. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, a lot of work goes into it. So I appreciate that about you guys. Uh, also appreciate you taking the time for this. Um, and Joe, you're you kind of like all of that, just like. All of what? Wait, everything just like froze. Oh my oh, god! Out, man. Come you on! Really? All I heard, yo, no, like, all I heard was, <laughs> was Jules go. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's what I hear every time you speak. <laughs> Sorry, slow motion. <laughs> uh, well, Joe, you jumped ahead, but my last question was going to be: what What has been your biggest learning? Um, I guess I was going to say as a strength coach, but I guess in your lives, what, what's been the biggest learning that you've used to push you forward to this moment? How to walk. <laughs> I don't know, man. You, uh, you, you don't look too good walking. Hey, I have a herniated disc, bro. <laughs> oh, that's a low blow, man. That's a low blow. <laughs> wow, Jules. That's, that's up, bro. Not, man. You're fired. Hey, I didn't say anything about that. <laughs> uh I would say the the what's what's pushed me forward is um, I've been I feel like I've I've been given so much in my life in terms of the the people who've helped me and have been there to to never make me feel like where I haven't had uh, someone I could talk to or have resources or or, or have help um, and that's that's helped get me to where I am so um, if, if I can help some, some, one of my athletes or intern or someone I work with or, uh, in anybody in, in that sort of way, I, I feel very fulfilled. Um, if I've had some player, there's one player who I've had who made the NFL and there was one time, uh, he was having a rough day, uh, at my previous school, he was having a rough day. And then he just asked me if he could come lift in the weight room it was on Sunday and he didn't want to lift. Like he really just needs someone to talk to. But I was like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll meet you there. And so just met him there and then just talked about stuff, talked about life, his relationships and stuff like that. And then a few days later, he just hit me up. Just like, Hey man, like you, you didn't need to do that, but you, you did that for me. And that's, that's what I get out of this is I, I get to help a lot of people. Um, and, and that helps me grow too. Um, I get to learn a lot about how people think and what they need and how they feel. And that's, that makes me feel very fulfilled. That's why I, I love doing this because I get to see so many people, uh, improve, whether it's hitting a, hitting a PR or, or being able to learn how to cook a meal for themselves or, or making their dreams come true or making it to the NFL or getting a shot at the NFL, um, or making this or basketball or golf or whatever sport I work with. Um, I, I want to see them succeed. And when I see them succeed, um, that makes me feel successful. That makes me feel like I've done something right. Not that the weight room is going to make them the best athlete ever. Um, but 
in a small sense, I, I feel like I would help them get there and I want to be um, a part of making them a success. I mean, I kind of, I kind of answered mine in terms (laughs) of uh, what I've learned Uh, in terms of like the actual job. uh, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned as a strength coach was it's more than just squats and bench press and, you know, whatever it's like Aaron said, like you can positively affect somebody's life by just saying like, how are you? You know, like, what's up? Like, how was your weekend? How was your winter break? You know, like, how's your mom doing? You know, like, things like that. Like, that's something that I never knew would be, uh, would, would be part of the job. Like, I didn't know it would be such a big part of the job. Um, but just like, hey, how's the family? How's your little brother? Oh, like, I know you got, you know, this going on. Like, how was your test? You know, whatever that you're stressing out over. Because at the end of the day, like, we don't we don't work with athletes. We work with human beings. And everything that they do in their life affects how they live, how they play, how they do, how they live. You know, like, it's all it's all one organism that is stressed in different ways, like kind of like what Aaron was saying before. Uh, so I think, again, like, the, the, the biggest lesson I learned was, like, we are – we can affect people in way more ways than we think we can. And most of the time, like they need that. It's all about, it's a I people business. That's great. That's a great way to wrap it up guys. Uh, again, I appreciate it. Hopefully this whole thing wraps up sometime soon. You know, I'd love to be back in the weight room. Um, no, nah, we're not letting you cars. <laughs> Teach you guys some cars, some real training. And, Aaron's uh, been doing cars. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm my pails and rails on. Switched over to the dark side. Yeah, I just bought a car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> no, thanks, guys. Uh, anything? Else, any last words you guys want to uh, give to the people? Uh, hopefully, there's a lot of SJSU athletes listening in. Um, Anything Wait, is this live? It's streaming. Is this on CNN? It's on is there, is Fox really? News. Are you gonna are you gonna <laughs> post like the video of it or will we is this gonna be like uh, the number, is like, this gonna be I'm, like the <laughs> You didn't you didn't uh you didn't wear your rabbit suit, so kind of I have my panda onesie in the in the closet. Oh the panda, the panda, that that's right what it's too panda, late, man. man. Come on. Too late. It's too late. Come on, only, panda, only if Aaron panda. simultaneously puts on a costume. Well, Aaron and I are uh, both going to put on the same panda <laughs> onesie together. I mean, my face is just kind of a joke as it is, so I thought that would be a fact. Definitely. That's facts. Big facts. Mm-hmm. No, I All think, right, like, guys. closing comment. All right, y'all, make sure you like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's your boy, Jules. Follow yeah. me on Instagram. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram. Uh, what is it? Jewels of energy because you know that's like a pun. It's like a chemistry pun. That's right. There you go. Someone got it. Someone got it. You're, you're smart. You're smart. Cool. All right, guys. Well, that's about it for the strength podcast. <laughs> the strength podcast. Uh, might have to have you guys on again for part two um, at the end of the summer or something. Hopefully, uh, we can catch up again. Yeah, we can do it tomorrow. Yeah. Tom. Tomorrow. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, oh, you think I'm I just got <laughs> We're doing this every day. Must be nice. Must be nice, Joe. We're just going to record a ton of content <laughs> and just send it to you. Half of which you cannot release. Oh, uh, no guarantees there. No guarantees. I'll put it on my... Never mind. I was going to say it. Never mind. Yeah, please. Yeah, let's just stop. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> right, I'll catch you later. See you, Thanks, guys. Peace. Appreciate y'all. Peace. Do the basics and do them well. That was one of the biggest takeaways I had from this conversation. Thanks, guys, for joining. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you did, feel free to share, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we'll catch you next time with another great episode. Eclectic athlete. 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 Eclectic athlete radio.